All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Kuden Radio, right? the podcast for us, right? Serious martial artists, Nijutsu practitioners, self-defense folks, and people that want to do more than just, I don't know, punch and kick and feel all warm and fuzzy about themselves. Anyway, uh, so um, we just recently had a, uh, a test at the academy. Um, a couple of our guys got promoted to Shodan, and uh, there's like six aspects to to the test, and um, during one of those, one of those pieces, more of the personal development side, um, an answer came up that is the driving impetus behind this episode and why we're going to be talking about motivation. So during this episode, I'm going to share with you what I shared with him, right? So we'll talk about that and more as soon as we get started. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, <clears throat> so we're back. All right, so not sure when you jumped on or not, but uh, what I was leading off during the intro there was uh, we just recently had a black belt exam at the academy. I know. <gasps> people in Ninjutsu doing an actual formal test. What world the world turn into? Well, hopefully... A world with better needs of practitioners. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> I'll share something with you a little bit later here. But um, so uh, the the test, and we only had two two candidates. We're supposed to have three. Uh, my biggest disappointment during that test was that one of my guys' uh, life just threw up a major curveball at the last minute, and um, so he's he had to wait, he had to postpone things. Uh, which really sucks because, I mean, he was just all in and uh, still is. He had just been trying to rearrange things so that he can hit the ground running in uh, in January. So that's a cool thing. But it's always great to see when uh, when someone's hard work right pays off. And uh, now one of the guys just turned 15, right, uh, <clears throat> Henry, and uh, the other guy, uh, You'd never guess it to look at him, but if you're in the, if you're in uh, either the foundations program or the, um, the new uh, realm of the warrior tactician program, uh, you'll see him pop up in training videos and whatnot. Drew Yerger, um, Drew looks like he's about I don't know, twenty and change, maybe twenty two, and uh, he's like thirty, right? So just like Shoshi Whistler, nobody can guess his age either. So I'm going to start taking these guys to fairs and carnivals and winning money off the guys who like guess your age and guess your weight kind of thing. So anyway, so uh, during our test, there's uh, six aspects, six different segments to the test because we're testing them on everything that, you know, from white belt up, well, not literally everything, but, a sampling, right? And I felt really bad for these guys this time around because normally we have, I don't know, five, six black belts on the judging panel and then, you know, got a whole bunch of black belts 
our black belt candidates. And uh, this time we had two guys testing and not including me, we had 10 black belts <laughs> on the testing board. So, you know, I don't know. Might have been a reason why Henry like spent the entire test just like swaying back and forth, right? It's a universal sign of uh, of nervousness. So, uh, but anyway, so uh, we test them on everything from uh, Japanese uh, and martial arts vocabulary to uh, there's a bunch of historical and um, and uh, relational questions. Uh, and when I say relational, what I mean is um, we make sure that we don't just make assumptions about core traits and things or benefits that the martial arts have always been known for. So if let's say that the trait that we're discussing is confidence, right? One, they have to be able to define it, right? How's that different from self-esteem? And then they have to be able to, to explain how that manifests or how it shows up uh, in the dojo at home or at work or school, depending on their age, right? And our, our junior program is, is different than the adult program, which is why I felt kind of bad for Henry, because he spent <laughs> all but, um, I don't know, six months, give or take, uh, going through the youth program and then was 15 when he tested, which um, I should have tested him for a junior black belt, but he's 15. So guess what? Some, somebody got thrown under the bus and he did phenomenally well. And that's, that's the cool part. But anyway, so we've got this academic section, right? So we've got, uh, uh, historical knowledge and whatnot because I, I want to make sure that what we're doing matches the stuff that's been passed down, right? And, uh, for anybody that's, that's seen the, whether it's the free training or you're going through the programs that I've, I've put out over the years, uh, you know, one of the first things in a lot of these programs, right? Like we just opened the doors again on the digitally recorded version of like the very first program I ever did, uh, the Ninja no Hachimon, these eight minimum areas of training uh, that were required in ancient Japan for somebody who, or for a school that was supposedly teaching needed to. Eight sensei, I mean, Togakure school has, yeah, I know what the Togakure school has, right? They have 18, but the, Minimum eight are in there because that was a requirement, right? So now they wouldn't look the same today, even though we still train in some of those areas, but we're not training with spear because of spear. We're not training with sword because of sword. Doesn't mean we might not have something like that in our hand at some point, but that's not the point. Um, but if you understand the technology and you understand why that was there, then it's really easy to convert into a 21st century model um, and make the necessary changes and not break from the principles and concepts and not do what everybody else is doing. And that's making shit up, right. And then calling it ninja to not that anybody's doing that. I should bite my tongue. How dare I, right? Well, I dare a lot. So, um, but anyway, so we have those two parts. Uh, there's, uh, we run them through all the Kamai. They learn 15 Kamai, give or take, between white belt and their, um, uh, showed on test, right? So, uh, there's that Kamai, just performance and things like that, being able to show the different fist. Um, 
what I didn't do this time was I didn't make them break anything with a fist. Right? Plenty of stuff going on. So, um, but either way, we're, we're pressure testing their skills. And then they had evasion, both unarmed and uh, armed, not where they were armed, right? Uh, because we needed to see that they could manage space and, and uh, understand a weapon's, uh, both its, its advantages and disadvantages so they could move into the proper space, right? And not get, uh, you know, drop of a follow-up kind of thing. Uh that Ukemi also led into um it wasn't all of them, James. How many did I have go out for the for the proactive Ukemi? Uh or the responsive Ukemi, sorry, they were only testing for Shodan. So um I don't know, four or five black belts one at a time. Everybody had I don't know, I'm four throws, locks, holds or throws or whatever that they could apply to them. Um and uh, all they had to be able to do was show that they could take proper Ukemi from that that thing, right, that was being done. Um, and then uh, there is a there's a knife avoidance test, but it's a training knife because they're testing for Shodan, right? From Nidon on, all bets are off. But uh, at Shodan, it's just a training knife. Again, it's just, you know, uh, it's not just about the weapon evasion. It's also about that nin, okay? perseverance, right? So everybody in my school knows that you could ace the entire black belt test. But if you get tagged by that uh, wooden or Lexan or whatever we're using, training knife, and you surrender, you physically either uh, do one of those like teenager looking kind of things, or you look at the table and go, I'm dead. You failed the entire test. That's how serious I am about that level of perseverance, right? Till the TV gets turned off, the song's not over, okay? So uh, there's that. And then there is one other part, and it's the only part of the entire test that they have control over. And that is they make up, they create, or borrow. I mean, Henry was coming out of the youth program, so um, <laughs> even though Henry's what? Six feet, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty tall for a 15 year old. So, and he's not, not, not done growing yet. But anyway, um, so Henry borrowed techniques from the curriculum and then spun them a little bit. So he just made variations, which was fine. Um, but for the adults, I really prefer that they, um, they create techniques based on their understanding of the principles and concepts, right? Basically the 5D. Uh, framework that we give them for controlling a situation and, and whatnot, right? So, but what we give them, the, the, the six techniques, there's, each one is a specific te- type of technique, or a type of attack, right? So there's a straight punch, a hook punch, um, a single hand grab, a double hand grab, a kick, that's five, right? That should be five. And then we just label one as a wild card. So pick an attack. So, a double hand grab could be a double hand lapel grab. It could be kumiuch. It could be a bear hug from behind, uh, whatever, right? A single hand grab could be a wrist grab, sleeve grab, uh, at any point could be a single hand lapel grab, could be a single hand choke, whatever, right? A hook punch could be a haymaker. It could be an uppercut, could be a back fist, whatever, straight punch could be face, stomach, the kicks. Again, pick a kick, right? Because we want to see that they're able to 
neutralize that incoming attack, break balance, deliver things, do work the science, right? And again, they're only going like quarter to half speed, right? Um, every once in a while I had to back a black belt down because they forgot that the person wasn't testing for Neon or Sandan, but you know, right, James? Okay. <laughs> James is one of them. <laughs> he turns and looks at me like, well, like they should know. <laughs> so anyway, right. Um, but at the end, I brought him back around for uh, just to wrap up the test for just kind of a, where are you now? Right. These are the questions that I asked had no right or wrong answer. They were personal. Right. And so uh, this week's episode is dedicated to Henry Snyder's answer. And next week's is dedicated to Drew's answer. Right. Because their answers caused me to help them with a perspective shift, which is what a teacher's job is. Okay? We've covered this before, right? An instructor's job is to pass on data, right? Here's step one, step two, step three of the technique, right? A coach, right? Hey, dude, you know, your hand goes here, not that, whatever, right? But a teacher, right? One of our jobs is to help people see things differently, right? In NLP, it's called a reframe. They don't have to see it like me, but this is Budo. And so we're not just teaching techniques, right? This is about living and thinking as a warrior, not just doing warrior techniques or having warrior toys or whatever, okay? And this is a huge thing that I see a lot of where, I don't know, I just... I don't get it. People get involved in this stuff to be different. But other than the knowledge that they gain about the art and they can quote this or that or, you know, quote this cliche or that comment or quote from the grandmaster or that guy over there or a couple of Bruce Lee stories or whatever, they've got some techniques. Not a lot changes. Life-wise, decision-making doesn't change, right? They replaced, I don't know, binging on Netflix to I go to class twice a week or uh, I binge-watch YouTube martial arts videos or whatever, right? It's not, it's not the difference, right? Unless, I mean, if that's what they were aiming for, right, I want to be – I'm going to be the same as everybody else, but just know some cool shit. Then, well, mission accomplished, right? Um, but <clears throat> I asked Henry, and there's, there's just these different questions, right? Um, oh boy, which which question was it, James? <laughs> because <laughs> I asked one about um, uh, what's the most important thing you think you've learned since started training. Right. Um, give me uh, for the moment, just to keep it short. Right. Give me one thing uh, that you've done uh, in the last six months to increase your own level of personal security. 
and safety. Now, normally I ask that of people that are white belts going for their next belt, right? Uh, and that's two months down the line. Tell me one thing you've done since starting to increase your own personal safety, right? But one of the questions I asked uh, Henry was about this benefit, right? What, because he was going along, he was a teenager, he wanted to learn the stuff. Uh, you know, mom and dad's big thing was once you get started, you're going to finish. You're not quitting. Okay. You will get your black belt. I don't care if you change your mind. I don't care how challenging this gets or whatever. I love his parents, right? They're both professionals. If you start something, you finish it, right? Um, because that's the only way to teach somebody how to get through challenges. There's way too many people in today's world that give it a good try. And then there's that cop out, right? Well, at least you tried. All your friends are willing to tell you that, right? Fuck try, right? Just, if you're just going to try, that, why bother? Right? Just, I want to see if I'm going to like it or not. This is martial arts. This is, bud, this is budo, right? This is supposed to be saving yours and other people's lives. Who, who the hell said you had to like it? Right? Is it necessary? Could it be necessary? Well, I don't know. What are you going to do if somebody shows up and shoves a gun in your face? Well, I'll try. Cool. Anyway, so, um, but Henry, you know, he was doing his thing, showing up for class. He was learning. He was passing tests at kind of a minimum level. I mean, he's a, he's a teenager, right? He wasn't, he wasn't like a child prodigy or anything like that, but his black belt test would have never, you'd, you'd have never guessed, right? Yeah, James shaking his head. Um, he, you'd have never guessed because like in the last, I don't know, six to eight months, something clicked because he started helping fellow students. He just, things changed, right? And then. So when test day rolled around, I mean, I didn't have, I, I thought Drew was going to pass with flying colors and he's one of the newest instructors at the academy now. He just started, um, and he was helping with classes before this because I have requirements that my, uh, uh, green and brown belts, so mod four and mod five, my black belt prep students, uh, start helping with classes. But, um, he officially started by covering another, uh, class today so he's teaching two a week now so i had no no issue with with drew passing um but henry i thought you know it's gonna do like his the rest of his test i hadn't i had no doubt that he would pass not because i was just gonna give him a freebie but i thought he was gonna pass pretty much the way he historically passed his test right you know what i'm talking about right james right so um but we all started looking at each other like, you know, I mean, wow. At the end of the at the end of the test, I told him when he goes home with his parents to uh, tell the real Henry that the pod that he sent to do the test for him did, did really, really well. And it, no, uh, Henry did well. But um, what I asked him was what changed like in the last four to six months? What changed for you? And he made a comment about 
motivation and he became more motivated to do things. And he gave a long kind of, well, it was long because he had a hard time speaking. <laughs> Nervousness will do that to you, right? Um, but um, I took that opportunity to teach him and everybody else in the room, including parents and, and people that were there to observe, that motivation is bullshit. It's highly overrated, right? Absolutely highly overrated. And what I mean by that is everybody waits to be motivated to do something. And they may not use the word motivation. They might say, I'm not feeling it right now. I don't feel like it. Okay? Yeah, no, I get it. Okay? I have days when I'm really, really ill. I don't feel like doing a lot of this stuff because I can't keep my head on straight. I got sinus issues or you know, head cold or whatever, right? I'm on meds and they're making me foggy and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? The video still needs to be edited. The book that I'm writing still has to be worked on. The, whatever, right? I don't have to like it in that moment. Right? So does that mean that motivation doesn't exist? No, no. The way people approach motivation is what causes most people to fall on their face or to accept less, right? Because certain things will come around, and it's like culturally fashionable. Let me give you an example of this, this cultural thing that I just I don't get. I don't understand. I don't even understand why I did it when I did it, right? But, you know, every once in a while you have this little light switch click on, and you go, what the fuck? What, what, what the hell, right? And what I'm talking about, right, we're – this is December 11th of 2023 while we're recording this for anybody that's listening in the future. Okay. So we are at the end of a calendar year. And then people are looking forward to the new year. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Right. But here's what I see from 98.2% of the people that are living on this freaking planet. Their productivity is winding down. It, their, 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 their energy output, their motivation, their, their productivity and everything is just waning. It's like they're running out, right? And they're already thinking about how much more they're going to do. Like It'll be like the new year. I'll just reset and just hit it, balls to the wall. We already know what that looks like historically. A lot of people just stop doing New Year's resolutions because they think, well, they could say, I think they're bullshit. But what they really have accepted or expected is that they don't stick to them anyway. Right. So but I don't understand it. Right. Everybody's winding down. I need to get through the holidays. And OK. But doesn't that have put it? dip in things? Doesn't that create more stuff to do later? Doesn't that? This is a mindset, right? This is not the way the world works, right? There's an old song from way back. I think it was the 80s, maybe early 90s. Um, it was one of those, like, 
feed the world kind of things and all that. But um, there was a song that had the lyrics, do they know it's Christmas time at all? Right. And it's, you know, parts of the world, really, really poor. They live under different religious traditions and things like that. Right. So, um, yeah, they don't. So nothing changes for them. Right. Well, nothing changes during this time. But what the hell? Right. And maybe this is a throwback to my cop days. I'm not anti-holiday, although it did take me quite a bit to get back into the swing of holidays because as a cop, whether I'm working or not, people at their, are at their asshole best during the holidays when they're supposed to be freaking treating everybody better, right? Um, that's when we were the busiest. Go figure. Anyway, but I got over it, <laughs> as you can tell, right? But um, it it's still a mindset, right? Where just because the calendar, the fucking pieces of paper with lines and numbers on it, that was invented by a pope, right? Pope Gregory, way, way back, right? Ended up with a whole bunch of extra days. That's how we ended up with April Fool's Day, right? Because, you know, we had extra days. So we're just going to throw them out because... You know, it's like fixing an engine and having extra parts and not knowing where they're supposed to go. Everything's running so far, so we're just going to toss it, right? Whatever, right? But this this tablet with these templated sheets, right, or the desk blot or whatever, right, that's – you're running out of numbers. So you're going to wait. Well, we're just going to let everything trail out. And then when we get a fresh one – Right. We can start fresh. We can. How does that change anything? Right. If if I if I slow my car down and bring it to a stop or let it let the the um, the oil run down too low or the gas run down too low in the tank or whatever. It requires more work to get back up to speed. It requires more time at the pump to fill the tank to complete full it. <laughs> yeah, um, the engine's not going to do so well over time if I keep running the freaking oil too low. or you know, It's just, that's not the way nature works, right? There's momentum, and I, I get spending time with family. I get vacation. I mean, I take vacations and whatnot, right? But my wife and I are just as busy on vacation as we are at home. We're doing different things and it's not that it's not enjoyable and relaxing and things like that. It is, but we're not the, and it's okay if this is your personality type, but we're not the lay on the chase lounger getting sunburned, right? Waiting for the next day's tanning session, right? So, but most of the folks that are on this, on this podcast if they're not in Ninjutsu proper, they're not in a Bujinkan, they're in some kind of martial arts or that kind of realm. And I know that because because of the questions that come in, the statements that are made or the comments or whatever, right? I just – and if it's not – if it's not the true personality type, then 
they're just really good at throwing the same cliches around because it sounds good, right? Got to impress Sensei. I don't need to be impressed. I promise. Right? What impresses me are people that train consistently and study and make improvements and produce results. And, you know, so anyway, um, but Henry's answer struck a nerve, right? Because we all know, like, there are these little key points, right, where we're supposed to get motivated, right? New year, new you. You're, if you haven't seen them yet, you're about to see those ads, right? They're all this cliche shit that happens, right? Spring into spring, right? Get ready for summer vacation, right? All that kind of stuff, right? Um, end of school, right? Uh, job, vacations coming up, whatever, right? Um, what always threw me off were things called staycations. I don't know what they call them around where you are, but those things are really popular around here. People take vacation from work and they stay at home. And they don't do anything. Okay. So. And I think the reason for that is um, the system has been hijacked and over time, people have figured out how to do nothing and still get paid. Okay? And that's fine. People can do whatever they want in whatever realms. But if we're looking at personal growth and we're looking at producing results and we're looking at becoming a warrior, there's a problem with taking days off. Okay? Science tells us, now in our Miko system, it's 21. But science tells us that you need 12 days of consistent repetition doing the same habit or the same new thing that you want to be doing before it becomes a habit, before the brain rewires, muscle memory rewires, and you start to feel like you're missing a piece of you, right? You, there's that strain, right? If you've ever tried to quit something that's an entrenched habit, I don't know, I'll just throw some out, smoking, biting nails, drink, whatever, right? You feel that urge, right? And then you're trying to fight against it. It's the same thing, right? You, this habit of, of training every day or habit of going to class or habit of working on the new language or whatever it is. And then you don't. And for the first day, you're thinking about it. It might be okay. Day two it gets a little bit worse. The more it goes on, it becomes a struggle. But then you know what? The balloon pops, right? Because... <laughs> what people don't understand is when they, that when they take time off, they don't think it's a big deal. But what ends up happening is you replace the habit of going to class, of going to training, with another habit. You just fill in your time with that thing. It starts off with something easy, and we don't think much of it. But then we get in the habit, and this sounds backwards to most people, but we get in the habit... Well, I'll come back to this one. One of the first lessons we give new students, new white belts at the academy, okay, is to come to class consistently twice a week. We even put it on their schedule. We tell them it's an expectation when they come in. How dare you? Right, right. Um, until they can develop their own habit patterns 
and they can manage themselves to where they're not yanked around by their own feelings and they can stay focused on the thing that they say that they want to accomplish, then they need somebody there with structure. Okay. It's part of what a mentor does. It puts confines or he or she puts confines on the mentee or the student because when we're in student mode, we don't know any better. Yeah, we know a lot of stuff. But what we don't know is what we don't know. What we don't know is what we're missing. That's why we went to them to begin with. Most people think they're going to the teacher for self-defense skills. And that's what, in all honesty, that's what most teachers think that they're there for as well. But one of the jobs of a teacher is to teach a student how to be a good student. Because whether the teacher knows it or not, they had to become a good student to get to get where they are. Right? They also just have the motivation. I'll get there. Okay. So we have to help a student develop the habit of coming to class consistently. But if things start to wane, they start getting distracted. Here's what ends up happening. After they miss a couple of classes and then a couple of more and they think about, I got to get back to class. I got to get back to class. Eventually that I got to get to get back to class isn't an everyday thing. It's not an every other day thing. It's an every once in a while thing. And then it's a couple of years. Okay. And then they feel like shit. Okay. They know they need to get back, but see now there's so many damn habits lined up that are in the way and other choices and the karma from those choices that are dragging them and, and pulling them in how many different directions that they say they want to, but they feel like it's hopeless. So they reach out to somebody like me and they say, what, James? Sensei, I need you to motivate me. Nope, not going to do it. Okay? Not going to do it. And besides the way that I would motivate you, you wouldn't see it as motivation anyway. Right? Well, that's manipulation. Yeah, well, call it what you want. Right? Um, but what ends up happening is they think that they got out of the habit or they, they think that they they don't think much about not coming to class, right? Because they can always go back, right? I mean, especially if they're going to a regular dojo, right? There's There's all these unspoken assumptions. The teacher will always be there. The dojo will always be there. The classes will always be there, right? It's kind of like your car waiting outside. Right? When I need to go someplace, it'll be there. When I'm ready to learn, right? The black belts have a little uh, chuckle at the at the school that um, students think nothing about rearranging their schedule and missing class, not coming to class, right? But if whoever was supposed to be teaching that night didn't show up, and they did, they'd be a little bit more irritated. Some of them would be downright pissed off. Some would be ready to quit because we somehow disrespected them and, and, you know, really. I'm here in class. Where the hell are you? Right? But somehow it doesn't work in the other direction. How the, isn't that amazing? Right? But what I meant to say was, in the beginning, we have to teach them how to build the habit of coming to class regularly, consistently. 
because they're not going to see regular progress, which is something that ego needs to keep moving. See, ego's motivated by successes, by small successes that become bigger successes, that become bigger successes. Okay? Your mind has a hard time holding on to something that's really vague and out there. Okay? So I have a lot of different lessons where I use this ladder principle. Right? Nobody, you know, if, if the goal that I'm, I'm trying to attain is to get onto my roof, right? Lay up a ladder, right? Yeah, I know, but I don't levitate up the damn ladder. It's one step at a time, right? So if that's the big goal, what are the small goals, right? Well, those are steps. I got to make sure this gets done. I got to make sure that gets, yeah, okay. Well, if you could see those as goals, you could see those as micro goals that once you took care of them, the big goal happens by default, then things would be less vague, right? And every time you accomplished one, one step closer, accomplish one, one step closer, okay? Yeah, I know, Sensei, that's what belts are for. That's what the colored belts are for in the, in the, in the art before you get the black belt. Yeah, no, I'm here to tell you that's bullshit too. That works for the first couple of belts. And after that, it's just another belt. The kind of things that we have to come up with to keep pulling ego along, right? Because it needs to be entertained. Okay? God help us if we cover the same skill too many times in a row. People get bored. God, this one again. I wouldn't be doing this one again if you could do it right. Okay? So... We have to employ something called disguising repetition, where they're working on the same thing, but it's wrapped up in a different technique, right? Or it's wrapped up in a different drill, or the setup is different, or whatever, so ego thinks it's something different. So, yeah, we pull ninja trickery so that they'll work on the stuff, the same stuff, over and over and over and over again, so that, because I know that most students don't practice outside of the dojo. Most people confuse dojo time with practice time. Dojo time is learning time. Practice time has to happen somewhere else. It's just like homework in school. You learn the lesson in class and all that shit you hated to take home, oh, it's homework. Yeah, it's practice for the lessons that you learned early in the day so that stuff gets into your head so that you're ready for the next lesson, next class, or the class after. Otherwise, you'd still be in grade school because of how long it would take to freaking learn stuff. And if you don't believe that... Think about how long it's taken to learn some of your martial arts stuff. Unless you've already stopped. And you just practice the same shit over and over again. Okay? So, not you, because you guys are all enlightened. I, I say that a lot, don't I? I'm surrounded by enlightened beings. And you are. Uh, so, um, but what ends up happening is we get in the habit of not going to class. We get in the habit of not practicing. See, it sounds counterintuitive. No, 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 I just, I have this appointment. I have this, yeah, no, see, what ends up happening is you get in the habit of filling the time slot with something else. Even though there's a part of your brain that's thinking when class time is, there's another part of your brain that has freed up that time slot on your calendar. 
if it didn't, it wouldn't be available when somebody wanted to do something. Okay. So, I mean, talk about a motivation killer. Holy shit. Right. But motivation requires fuel. It has become so fashionable in today's world, one, for people to be led around by their damn feelings, right? Everybody resists duty and responsibility. They hate those words, except those are two of the most predominant words in a warrior's vocabulary. Duty. Responsibility. Taking care of what has to be taken care of. With no grudge, no resentment. It's not something I do. It's so much a part of who I am that I can't not do it. So one of my duties as a warrior is to make sure I'm consistently practicing my skills. Because I don't know when I'm going to need to use them. One of my duties is to practice what my teacher gives me. Right. To master it. Right. Because it's not just about my teacher giving it to me. The respect, well, it starts with respect for me, right? Because if I, <clears throat> if I start something with the intention of finishing it and getting good at it, right? Um, because it's going to make me a better person and there's this future me waiting because it needs these skills to be able to do cool shit that I can't do right now, right? I respect myself enough to stick to my own word. Right. I respect those people that I'm responsible for or have made myself responsible for, because if I don't do what I need to do and they need my help and I can't do that. Well, then how much did I really respect them? Okay. Um, if my teacher teaches me something, I show my respect for my teacher by learning it. Studying it, practicing it, right? And then it goes to the lineage, the art, right? Showing respect to that because I've taken on the responsibility of passing this stuff on, directly or indirectly. It doesn't matter, right? Now, all that I just mentioned could motivate you or it could demotivate you, right? Depending on your relationship to duty and responsibility. We watch the numbers rise and fall, right? We know when I hit, I hit a nerve or whatever. Okay. So, um, but here's the thing with motivation, right? Motivation. People think that motivation happens before they take action. And that's not the way it works. Right. Yes, there could be interest. Yes, there could be desire. But what made you get off your ass to do it? On the student application at the academy, there's a question. It's on the backside. We have a two-sided kind of thing, right? Basic information, motivation. What do you want to get out of martial arts program, right? uh, Put a check mark on everything that applies and then circle the one that's the most important right now. That if you could make the most changes or changes that would create the 
the most good in the next four to six months, which one of these do you want to focus on? So make them circle that one, right? It's a personal assessment. How do I help you get where you want to go if I don't know where you want to go? Okay. That's, I mean, I can throw a whole bunch of shit at you, but it's, it's a crapshoot, right? What's even worse is jumping into something but not knowing where you want to go. Right? And here's the, here's the most bullshit, vague answer that anybody could ever give when it comes to martial arts. Well, I want to be a black belt. Bullshit. I bet you don't want to be a long black piece of cloth. And if you can't define what a black belt is, you can't define the skills that they have, you can't define the personal traits that they have or whatever, then you're shooting at nothing. Makes no sense. Zig Ziglar, he was a sales coach. He was also a huge motivator. He's long since dead or whatever. But one of, one of my favorite quotes that he said is, if you aim for nothing, you will hit it every time. And that's, that's one of the biggest reasons for people quitting. They have no direction. They have no, they have nothing that is driving them forward. They're waiting for motivation to get started. They're waiting for motivation to go back to class. They're waiting for motivation to, they're waiting for a feeling, but that feeling's gonna pass. And here's where I get to be an asshole, okay? Scientifically, that's what makes it an asshole because most people don't want that stuff, right? Scientifically, right? What you have are chemical reactions and thunderstorms in different parts of the body, different glands and the brain and all that kind of stuff that when they fire a certain way, which are in, which, <laughs> these things are influenced by everything from diet to medications to illnesses, energy level, what, it's all kinds of stuff, right? So I'm waiting for this elusive thing to do this thing. But this feeling is only going to last for so long. And the quickest way to shortcut a feeling is to start thinking about the thing that you're doing or thinking about the feeling. Like when you want to try to hold on to a feeling, it will wane because you're now in the left brain part instead of the right brain part. It doesn't work the way people think it works, right? So they're waiting for what? Okay? And then, well, I have to like it. I have to want to keep doing it. From a long line of warriors, I'm telling you, no, you don't. Okay? You don't. Nobody ever said you had to like it. There's one person on this freaking planet that likes all of the stuff that their teacher gives them. And if they do, they have the wrong teacher because they're not being pushed to change. My teacher equated this whole process as the same as a katana being made. You take this rough, just slag a freaking steel. That's us in the beginning. It's a fucking cold, hard blob. 
can't do much. Hold down a stack of papers, maybe, right? Not a whole lot of responsibility in that, right? Just sit there and don't move so nothing blows away, right? And then what we're going to do is we're going to stick it in a freaking blast furnace, and we're going to heat it to white hot. And then we're going to pull it out. We're going to beat the shit out of it. And what I mean by shit is all the impurities. We're going to beat it. And we're going to smash it. And we're going to stick it back. And we're going to keep doing that. And we're going to keep pounding it and folding it and pounding it. And it's going to get longer and longer and all that. And you know what? A bunch of them are going to break in the process. Because anybody that knows anything about blade making or blacksmiths or whatever, one of my black belts, uh, Richard Snyder, uh, is a blacksmith. Right? He'll tell you, most blacksmiths have more broken pieces of sword that didn't work out, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't survive the process, than they produce that go out, which is why, they're, why the real thing, not the shit from Asian water martial arts, right, are really expensive. Okay? But they get pounded, and they get reheated, and they get pounded, right? And they get shaped. And then what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to take this and dunk it, this hot, red hot, you know, shape, and we're going to dunk it into cold oil or room temperature oil or something, in some cases it's water, right? And that's going to harden it. It's going to temper it, right? So it can hold an edge, right? All of this pressure I don't do well under conflict. What what the fuck are you doing in Budo? (laughs) Budo, by its its very nature, is the handling of conflict of all types. Right? So, but we're going to do that. A bunch of swords will freaking bend and twist, and then there's no no fixing it. Right? Because you've already knocked all the carbon out of it, or whatever the, the content or whatever that you need out of that particular piece and whatnot. And it's just, you, you can't start again, right? It, some crack, some blow apart, some just warp, whatever, right? The ones who survive that, fantastic. Phase two, right? What we're going to do is we're going to strap you down, and we're going to just take a whole bunch of rough, grindy shit across you, right? Rasps and files and whatnot, and we're going to grind off smaller and smaller imperfections, Right. And we get that smooth. Well, it feels smooth. Now we're going to drop down a grade and we're going to go after smaller and smaller impurities. By the way, this is the same process in Mikio for those of you thinking about that stuff. The whole Goma process in phase four, there's seven layers to that or seven phases to that. And each phase burns away finer and finer uh, impurities, right? Defilements, whatever you want to call them. So until you're down to a fine paper, right, that's just putting this mirror-like polish on it, right, and then an edge, right, so it'll hold that edge, right, end up at the end with this thing of beauty, thing that when somebody looks at it, they could want nothing to do with Budo, but they can't help staring at this thing because, wow, wow. It's like a piece of art. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. But it's also deadly as shit. 
what does it need to be in any given moment? So the purpose behind our, it's one of the meanings behind our nin thing. There's also this uh, concept in uh, in the Bujinkan. Uh, I think it's in the Gyoko to you, but it might be in a different one. I, whatever. It's one of the themes that Hatsumi since I had one year. Uh, Koltaki Yudoda, right? The tiger below, the dragon above, points out these two different sides to uh, to the training. Everybody wants to gravitate over to the on the baddest mofo on the block, right? Meanwhile, they don't take care of making sure they're not an asshole that doesn't attract violence. Because while you may be able to hand your, handle yourself, right? What was that, um, what was a phrase uh, Batman used in the historical story, right? I wear a mask to protect those closest to me. Because if anybody knows who he is, and they don't think they can get to him, no problem. Get to the one standing right next to you. Okay? You can still be alive, but you'll live the rest of your days. Okay? So, respect is the first line of self-defense. Focus and concentration, the ability to pay attention. See, those are skills that, that long precede. But anyway, right? So... But feeling doesn't precede things, right? There's like an interest, right? It could be a desire. It could turn into a passion, whatever. That, those kind of things usually, and, and science backs this up, those kind of things usually grow. The longer you go wanting something, but you can't have it. Okay? It's difficult. The more difficult something is to get, the more you want it. But there is a breaking point. Because at a certain point, your brain will go, never going to happen. And that moment, you'll go to, to something else. It could be some other worthwhile endeavor, or it could be binging, binge-watching YouTube or Netflix or whatever. Okay? So I'm going to come back to the uh, four bases uh, or the foundations of um, uh, effort, right? Uh, I covered this a bunch of times ago, and we did this in the Sanji Shichi Dobon, the 37 Fundamentals. Um, but people think that, that like, they have to wait for motivation to happen. But what they have to wait to happen and there's no waiting. They just have to decide to do it, right? And take the first step. As long as they at least have an idea where they're going, right? Because, like, the most jazz people in the academy, short of getting their black belt, are the ones earning their first belt. But if we can stack up and stop looking like I'm not going to be satisfied or it's not worthwhile until I build the Taj Mahal or until I go to Japan or until I meet the Grand Master or until I – all these big freaking things, right? If we could just back that down and recognize that, like, I signed up. Like, I'm a member of, of, a, of a dojo. Real-time or cyber, Right? 
I'm now a member of a sangha, uh, which is a group of fellow practitioners, right? I'm a group, right? I'm, I'm a part of the lineage, right? That in of itself might do it, right? But we start doing things and we make, we have these little accomplishments. And every time we have an accomplishment, we tend to feel like doing more. Okay. But sometimes what it takes is redefining what, what defines the accomplishment. But I think the biggest thing that makes motivation just the biggest bullshit, lie, myth kind of thing is that you have to have it before you can do something. Right? I don't know. Some of you guys might know who Dr. Seuss is or was, right? I've heard he's been canceled, but I'll keep reading his stuff and my kids still have all the books that have probably been banned. I don't give a shit. Okay? Um, I also don't care what he was like as a person. I, I share memes online and somebody will jump on a, a, a personal development quote or something that I'm trying to use this to make a point. And they'll go, do you know what that guy was like? How's that changed the truth of the, of the statement? Adolf Hitler had really great fucking ideas. You wouldn't have a highway system, which was borrowed from the German Autobahn, if, if. That means nothing about me being okay with Adolf Hitler being and doing all the shit that he did. However, but it was all built with slave labor. Okay, that part, I don't have to like that part to recognize that we've got this other stuff. Because the way people are going through things and they're being led by their goddamn feelings is that if if we were going to treat everything like these people with these memes, do you know about that person? I do know about that person. How's that changed the truth of the statement? Because you know what? Even assholes can say something wise every once in a while. Right? But if we were going to treat it that way, then you know what? Tear up all the roadways. Tear up all the highways. Just get rid of them. They were the brainchild of a maniac. Get rid of them. You know what Henry Ford was like? Fucking burn your car. Get rid of all the cars. Let's just take this logic to its natural end. But see... Ego likes to pick and choose. Right? So, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, I won't. Anyway, so, it, we, we said this how many different ways in different episodes, right? Having your, knowing your why and all these kind of things, right? Um, here's something that I am currently researching. Because I'm, I'm gonna keep studying until my brain stops working or I meet a violent sudden death. Um, Nikio explains it a certain way. So I'm always looking at how science is working things because if anything proves this stuff wrong, then it's just another feel good, woo woo, spiritual kind of thing. And that's not my choice of rides. Right? So I'm always interested. And I'll laugh about it when, you know, I see a news article that scientists have discovered, like, really? They rediscovered something because the stuff I'm doing is over 2,500 years old. Uh, and so, yeah. But if science can validate this stuff, then fucking awesome, right? So 
are mikyo and therefore nijutsu, right? In the in the idea of uh, in the concept of karma, it's not a concept; it's it's universal law. Karma is cause and effect. Nothing comes into being that has not been caused. One primary cause, innumerable indirect causes, including environmental causes, intent, secondary. There's secondary. There's all kinds of things, right? So. Um, but most systems, the way most people think about things is they think about it from the cause direction, right? Like my life is what it is because of my past. I'm not going to argue that point. Okay. I'm going to argue a different point. It's not that all of your past decisions, because I've taught on this stuff, right? All these things, right? have produced the you that you are today. Okay? But there's an element that's missing. The way I view my past also contributes to the me that I am today. The day I stopped looking at my past like I had a shitty childhood and all that, did I? In the grand scheme of things, yeah, it wasn't wonderful, okay? However, I also have to recognize that I survived a bunch of ba really bad shit in my life as a cop, as a soldier, all kinds of different positions, right? I would not have been able to do that had I not been raised by this guy that I had to recognize contributed heavily to my ability to be a survivor, okay? He drove me unknowingly to martial arts and self-defense. He drove me to law enforcement. He drove me to, right? Here we are. But when I was able to look at that from that perspective, what I did in the moment as me changed because I saw me in a different light. And here's what gets in most people's way and why they think they need motivation to move forward. That's because they don't understand that it's – I'll get back to this other thing here in a minute because I'm going to do a whole episode on it, but spoiler alert. They can't get out of their own head about their current conditions, who they are, what they have, time money, permission from honey, whatever, right? To begin moving in that direction. They want that thing, but they have to make two cardinal mistakes. Two cardinal mistakes. One is that ego has a snapshot of who you think you are, what you think you're worth and all that, and whether or not you really, really, really Deep down, think you can attain that. It goes for all of us. Okay? And two, they think that, because we don't, right? We know better. They think that they're going to be the exact same as they are now, then enjoying the results of the attainment of the goal. Those of you in the uh, realm of the Tactical Warrior, I added a personal development lesson 
to last week's. It's exactly what it goes into. Okay. <clears throat> but they're not. They can't be. If they were already capable, if they were already even 80% like that future goal, they would already produce, be producing the same results that that future them can produce. What they don't understand is that they're going to have to drop about 80% of the shit they're currently doing, the person they are, traits, all that kind of stuff that does not serve them. And they, they need to start by asking the question, right? Let's get, what, what do I do? What have I chosen? What do I surround myself with that's getting in my way? And when every time they make a choice, every time they make a decision, does this serve me? Now, I don't mean in the moment, does this serve me in my quest to produce that future me that has these abilities, this knowledge, this type of life, that kind of thing? Right. So here's the problem. They're thinking about the future them trying to be that future them. It's backwards. The future them, the more clear they can be about what skills, knowledge and all that they're going to have a year from now, five years from now, ten years, as that person. That automatically tells them what they need to be doing now. Right? So this is not a content problem. Content of my past produced me. No. Mikio has been pointing out for over 1,600 years, pre going back over 25, what modern science has found out that it is your context, the context you put your past in, has more to do with how you see yourself and how you produce results in the moment than all the shit that happened to you. Yes, that gave you experiences. It gave you a little bit of knowledge and all that. But the context is what you're doing with it. Right? And it's not the content of what we're doing today and how we are and whatnot that's going to produce that future me. I mean, in a way it is, but it's that's backwards. It's the context that I put that future me in. The, the, the guy that went from needing to learn karate, kung fu, taekwondo, jeet kune do, all kinds of shit that I was learning, right? All that changed when I remembered why I was trying to learn this stuff, because after I, I joined, joined the, like I uh, had, there was a karate club in school and that kind of felt okay. But um, you know, there, there was kind of a disconnect, but I ignored that. Right. Cause my hope was I'm going to learn this stuff and that's going to allow me to take care of this other stuff over here. And then, you know, life changes and whatnot. I go in the military, get to South Korea. Well, everybody's doing Taekwondo. I'm not doing that just because everybody else is doing it. Right. So there's Kung Fu class on on post and we're doing this stuff and and then I do take some Taekwondo classes and all that but you know I'm I'm military policeman which means that every day or every night that I'm on duty there the world is knocking on my forehead going mm, 
these situations don't match that training. So there I am off to the races looking for another one, right? The moment I gave context to things, why am I trying to learn this stuff? Not to learn the martial art. One, for me, not ever living in terror like I did, right? And to be able to protect those who can't, right? Because they're still living and shit like that, right? It's why I chose the vocation. It's why I chose this as, you know, uh, uh, an education system. And so that became the litmus test. That became the reason that certain classes, certain teachers, certain systems or whatever didn't cut it. There was no running around trying to fill in gaps. That's why after reading two paragraphs in a magazine that was an excerpt from a from a an article or from a chapter in one of the books by the top guy in the West in Ninjutsu that I two paragraphs I knew I'm doing this and I'm training with that guy. And as soon as you make those well, as soon as I made those, you can do what you want. As soon as I made those, that switch and put everything into context, then I had no choice. Well, some people would say I had a choice. I could do it, or I could settle for the next best thing, or I could just decide that it was too much work and not do it. No, you don't understand my personality type. I had no choice. Not only did I have no choice, because once I commit to something you're going to have to kill me to have me not do it, right? Or I'm going to have to break somehow. But I had no choice. I saw no choice. Because the choice was to live as the same type of person that had been and not capable of handling. See? I was being driven from one direction and pulled from another. That, my friends, is motivation. Okay? So, but the idea that we need to wait for it, because you may not have it, right? Okay? I'm not motivated to do the dishes because I like doing the dishes. Okay? I'm motivated to do the dishes because I don't want a zoological experiment in my kitchen sink putting shit out in the air that is going to harm my four-year-old grandson, no matter how strong my constitution is, or it's going to hurt the dog, or I don't want to have to look at somebody and go, oh, pardon the dishes when they come to visit. Okay? There's all these other things. Right? And on top of that, I have decided that I am a certain type of person. And that person, that type of person that I have created, because we all do it, that I've created, allows for certain things, does not tolerate other things. And whether I want to or not, that little piece of paper that's on the floor, just because nobody else has picked it up, doesn't mean I need to be like everybody else. Whatever it is, okay? 
what most people don't understand is that they've already created themselves in whatever image and it suits them and serves them for what it is that they're producing now. But if you want different, you can't do the same thing. The new research I'm looking at for massive stuff and it, it's, it's putting even more, I mean, it's making me re-examine the, the Mikio stuff and realizing just how, not how deep it goes, because understand that, but why it is a all eggs in one basket in this lifetime. But in Mikio, the secret is it's not a lifetime like a lifespan. You were born here, you die here. Every moment has a birth, a life, and a death. So becoming enlightened can happen in a moment, in an instant. Right? <clears throat> and that's, we'll talk about enlightenment some other time, right? But um, it's, it's, it's the deciding. This is not deciding what you want to do. This is deciding who you want to be. So it's not content. Content is what I'm doing, what I have, what I've surrounded myself with, the contents of this room. Okay? It's context. My room has, my office has what it has because it's a reflection of me. Right? So if we decide who we are and we establish some paradigms, some boundaries, guidelines, right? right? I often ask youth students at the academy when parents come to me and ask me if I'd have a little mat chat. Somebody's being lazy at home, somebody's, you know, whatever, okay? I don't give them the same lecture the parents give. I ask them, you like your martial arts training? Yes, Sensei. Awesome. You want to be a black belt someday? Yes, Sensei. That'd be cool. Awesome. When you think about a black belt, when you think about somebody who wears a black belt, and this is going to be different because you guys are adults. It's going to depend on who you bumped into. Okay? But you think about a black belt. You think about a master. Okay? You think about Hatsumi Sensei or any of these grandmasters that have like written how many books? Right. I'd like to say, you know, I'll speak from my perspective, my perspective, even though I've already written how many books, James? Sixteen, give or take. Right. Produced a whole bunch of <laughs> programs and stuff. Right. Anyway, so um, uh, you think about him and his life. Right. Published author, asked to speak uh, at the uh, at some of the highest levels. Right. Um, been given awards by heads of state, uh, honor, you know, keys to the city and big places and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, people just flock to him to hear him speak or binge watch, you know, YouTube videos or whatever. Right. Okay. Not a, when I think of somebody like that. Right. But let's go back to the kid. You think about a black belt. Do you think about somebody who's slovenly or who, who dresses well? Oh, they, they, they dress well. 
Okay. Uniforms all wrinkled and looks like it just came out of a, a duffel bag or it's, you know, uh, belts all ripped and barely. No, no, no. They, they, they look like they've taken care of themselves. Okay. So, um, do you think that they, um, yell at people and treat people badly or do you think that they, uh, respect people? Oh, respect people. Okay. And I go through a long list of things. And I said, and then I finish with, so how are we doing right now with these things? I said, see, you don't become that because the belt gets wrapped around your waist. You work on that stuff every day. And you know what? Here's the secret. You can work on you and the personality traits and the character traits and these things that make for a successful person 10 times faster than you will ever be able to work on a given technique or skill in the martial arts to master that when somebody's trying to kill you, right? Attitudinal skills. I, I, as a matter of fact, I think this is so important. It's in the instructor training program, right? We'll go down through a whole bunch of uh, character traits and, and skills and all that kind of stuff for uh, that, that, uh, uh, Masters have or black belts have or whatever, right? And we'll just list all these things, right? Confidence, uh, concentration and focus, discipline, uh, awareness, uh, all kinds of things, right? We list all kinds of things, right? They're, uh, good at rolling, good at whatever, right? And then we go back through the list and I go one by one, right? Is this an attitudinal trait or a physical skill? Okay. And then I put, if it's an attitudinal thing, I put an A. If it's a hard skill, right, blocking, rolling, whatever, I put an S. At the end of it, 90% of that list is A's. Okay? And those are the things that can be fixed very, very quickly. But we have to decide who we want to be. And if you need motivation to be something different and it's not the outcome, man, I jazz to be able to do that I got nothing I do have a story right um, I, I was able to uh, go backstage for a uh, it wasn't really a concert it was more like a pianist kind of thing there was this person that was just really high level kind of stuff right did did this one man concert right and um, actually, you know what? Let me tell you, it's, it's the same story, <laughs> but it's in the martial arts realm. And since you guys are in the martial arts, we'll just do that one instead. This, it's it's essentially it's it's essentially the same freaking story. But okay, uh, take one of my students to Dayton, Ohio, to Germantown, to train with Stephen Hayes, who was my first teacher in this art. Right? Take him. He's been the, the, the student's been in the training group and all that and it's going to be his first trip to a seminar and we're doing this thing right and i i take him up before the everything starts and um i introduce him to sensei hayes and this guy's got you know starstruck it's the same shit i see in japan and all that kind of stuff right but starstruck you know and he says I've wanted to meet you my entire life. And uh, 
it was an inside joke within the Hayes group because we all discussed. I mean, character traits were an important part of test, right? You had to have physical skills. You had to have knowledge about the art, the history, and the skills. And you, your life had to show improvement, right? Which is why I believe that our group back in the day had more doctors, other professionals, just all kinds of stuff. Um, not that we didn't have people that were in blue collar or whatever, but they were professionally minded people. They didn't see themselves as whatever their job was. They didn't see themselves as broken but recovering or whatever. Okay? It doesn't matter if they were or not. Okay? But anyway, so since Hayes looks at me, I know exactly what he's going to say. Because I've heard him say it before, but he looks at me, he looks back at my student. Remember, my student just said, I've wanted to meet you my entire life, right? And, um, oh, no, that, that's what he said. He said, I, I would have, oh, yeah, meet all my, sorry, two different stories. And so um, Hayes looks over at him and he goes, oh obviously not enough looks back at me we both smile i look at my student i'm smiling my student looks totally perplexed now because like you know i'm here no i was going for training arranged the trip for anybody that wanted to go along for this trip your decision making was very very small the things you had to do to set in motion not that i'm downplaying it it was a smaller goal, but wasn't the same as somebody who traveled halfway around the world to meet the same teacher for the first time. Okay, It's not about – the other story is very, very similar. Backstage, right? this friend that's along looks at this pianist and says, God, I would give anything to be able to play like that. The pianist looked at them and said, obviously not. And that's the truth. Because we all have our limits, right? Hatsumi Sensei has said, every successful person has spent minimum three to five times more in time, effort, and money or whatever other resources to be able to do what they have, know what they have and become who they've become. And they, so three to five times more than everybody else. So instead of doing what it takes to get there, what's everybody else do? Swim in envy, resentment, Right. Abusive language. Right. It's just it's just a fact of things. Right. James knows we hit YouTube hard for months. Right. Went from fifteen hundred subscribers or something like that. Right around there. Right. Um, Just crested. Where are we now? Sixty five. Thirty three. I think something like that. Right. In the course of what we do it less than a year. So it wasn't here. Anyway, so um, and that 
now my sights are way higher things, but um, we gained not just those people, but the number of likes and all that was in the, it was a lot, right? I mean, we have, we have such a small number compared to other ones that we were following both in this art and in the martial arts self-defense realm. And they have so many more followers, but like our views were like right there with them. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> but for all of the new subscribers and all the likes and all that, there was still what? 2%, one, 2% or whatever that leave all the freaking flaming comments and whatnot. Cause the better you get, the more you start following things. And I think this, that the, one of the motivating factors for people staying where they are, because remember, it's not reverse motivation. We're always being motivated, right? Choosing to be lazy and lay on the couch and binge watch Netflix. That's what you're motivated to do in the moment. That's what the feeling is driving. So people waiting to be motivated, well, shit. You need to be asleep or dead to not be motivated or driven to be doing whatever it is that's being done. Right? So uh, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's backwards. So I need to get this off my chest. As a matter of fact, when I, when I did that test, the day that we did the black belt test, and I had that conversation. And next week, I'm going to share with you the conversation I had based on Jusan's answer. And you know what? Neither of these guys meant anything about them. It meant anything by what they said. They weren't acting from a victim mentality. What they didn't understand was they were describing things and acting from a pre-programmed mentality. Or a perspective that didn't understand how things really work. So, you know, in essence, they were doing the best they could with what they had, which is fine, but it's why we need teachers and mentors who can see things and do things that we want to be able to see and do. Otherwise, unless we have somebody that can point out what we don't know, we don't know or what skills we're going to need to be able to do the thing we think we're going to need. Like most people, when, when they're going to join a martial arts school, right? They don't give any thought to, like, I need to learn how to be a student. I know how to be a student. I've been a student before. It doesn't mean you're a good one. Just because you had the title of student doesn't mean that you were a good student, that you know how to study. You know how to learn. You know how to apply yourself. You know what skill sets are in there. Like, just because the school said you had to be in school every day and you had a schedule that told you which which time blocks during a day you were going to be in what classes means shit about discipline has no bearing on you being where you needed to be out of a sense of success driven habit i'm going to get in trouble if i'm late for class I'm going to get in trouble if I don't pass with a passing grade. I'm going to, that's not the same. Everything is done. All you have to do is show up. That's not the same. It's not even close. Okay. The academy has a schedule. Here's when your classes are running. Right now, we don't have a student body big enough that you'd be locked into classes. So pick two that match your schedule 
And if something pops up, homework, work, illness, whatever, you can use the other classes as makeups. Just think of them that way, right? So you're not missing something and you can come to class, okay? So here's this thing. But nobody says you have to be in class. I mean, you're paying for classes, but nobody says you have to be in class, okay? So now it requires discipline. So we have to cover lessons, right? Here's a requirement, right? Two tests on time, right? You'll be on a two-month rotating testing schedule, right, because we take things in smaller pieces, right, okay? Which also means that our system has more belts in it, but people still make it to black belt in the same amount of time. But you know what people get caught up in? When the hell we ever had that color belt? Well, the we that you're talking about is not the same as the we over here, so it doesn't matter if you ever had that one or not. And our belt colors are based on the personal development character trait things on the mandala, not on a belt system that was invented by those of us who were in, in the early stages. And then everybody thought that that's just, that's the way it's always been done in Nijutsu. Well, it was always done that way before you joined, right? But anyway, so we, there's skills, that, right? So we have things in the workbook. For those of you guys who picked up the uh, done-for-you blueprint thing, which is the five-module workbooks leading to black belt, and the first and second-degree black belt curriculum that I tossed on top of that, you have it. Those of you who are working through the different programs, you have these workbooks, right? Look in those workbooks and get past the skills and techniques and tell me what you see. There's student expectations. Attend class twice a week. Practice at least 15 minutes a day. They're there. Right. Okay. So, do we show up at their house like the Gestapo guys and do do do? Are you drink? No, of course not. Right. But it's reflected in class. Okay. And we have to teach lessons. Like class time is not practice time. Class time is learning time. That's why you have a little line on your in your requirements right there. Practice at least 15 minutes a day outside of class. Homework. That's what gets it seeded into muscle memory, because if you're only coming to class twice a week, you need to come to class three times a week. Okay? Twice a week, two hours out of all the hours in a week. It's going to take a while to get that into muscle memory. And while you can pass belt tests to show that you have certain skills, the only test that matters is when somebody's trying to jack your teeth down your throat. Right. So we have to teach them how to be students because no one else did. We have to teach them how to be a martial arts student. We have to teach them why the history has any significance and why that's important in today's world. They thought they were just showing up to learn how to do some stances and some punches and kicks and some cool moves. They are. But if they don't get these other skill sets down, they won't be doing this for very long before it's just another thing and a long thing, a string of things that they quit. To be successful, to be even moderately successful, 
one of the skills that people don't understand that they need is the skill to resist the urge to quit. How do I manage challenges that make me want to stop? It's lots of ways, but working through challenges mentally and emotionally, those are skill sets. Those are character traits. Okay? And just because not everybody has them doesn't mean that they can't. But it all starts with the belief that, yeah, old dogs can learn new tricks. Well, you are not saddled with who you are. If you believe that you are what you are and you can't change, then there's no point in trying to learn Budo. There's no tr point in trying to get to the next belt level. There's no point in even waiting for motivation because nothing will change you. So the very fact that you believe that you can learn stuff and you can do things and you can, then you must be, but there's all this cognitive dissonance going on where people are trying to hold on to two conflicting fucking belief systems that are incompatible at the exact same time. So my premise is that motivation is bullshit. You become more motivated to do something or to whatever once you get started. Because okay? if you're just relying on that feeling, no, no, no. Okay? I prefer to look at things like drivers and things that are either pushing me or pulling me, and there's things going on at the same time. But that determined, that's determined to the greatest degree by how I choose to look at it. Because my perspective on it has more bearing on past present and future than what I did or what was done to me, what I'm doing or what I think I'm capable of or where I'm going or if I even fucking know how I'm going to get there. If I don't know how I'm going to get there, I can have that goal. But if I don't know how I'm get, going to get there, then one of the first things I need to figure out, what do I need? And if I can't figure it out on my own, then I go Find somebody who's already doing it. Stop asking people who aren't doing the same shit you want to be doing. To the level you want to be doing it. So that means stop asking your friends. Because you're all at the same level. Okay? Then you'll find out very, very quickly if you're ever going to be motivated enough. To reach that goal. Because good enough's a bitch. But it's good enough for most people. So anyway, James, why is your picture not on here? You like just nodding and bobbing and whatever. I'm gonna turn you on over here. Not turn you on in the wrong way, okay? Just don't even don't don't <laughs> anyway. I have to put levity in things when uh, you know we're having serious topics. Serious topics. I mentioned this earlier on. Uh, if you get, if you're on the uh, email list, uh, I just, uh, like I said, I just relaunched. Uh, now this is the pre-recorded version. Uh, this was the very first online training program uh, 
that I ever did. I think it was 2008, but it might have been earlier than that. Um, when the hell did I do that, James? Did I do that before or after my accident? Anyway, I don't know. So um, the Eight Gates program. It was after. Okay, yeah. So because um, I had all these all these lessons and stuff and. Yeah. So anyway, um, it had uh, live coaching and all that. So I've even included it uh, that anybody gets it now. Um, one, it's 50% off. And two, I've included, you, you can join in on weekly coaching call, um, uh, extra sessions and stuff like that. But it literally takes you through um, not only the eight gates, Nijino Kiai, Nijino Ken, uh, Nijino Taijutsu, Nijino uh, Shuriken, Nijino Sojutsu, that kind of stuff, right? It doesn't just take you through those historically to take a look at what these things are, but it puts these things into context, right, and, and shows the relationship with them. Um, but there's also discussions about what that would look like today, keeping the same principles and concepts in mind based on combat considerations, based on all kinds of things, right, um, and how these things related to each other. So that you're not doing what a bunch of people are doing and it's just making shit up. Right. Um, but the very first part of it, right, is just laying out what the hell is needed to. What's a ninja? Everybody wants to be this thing, but they can't define it. It's like, it's like women these days, right? Define the word without using the word. Define this thing without using, well, I want to be a ninja because like I think ninja are cool. Uh, ninja are able to stop fucking using the word ninja. Stop using the word shinobi. Tell me what traits and qualities and skills this person has. So you know what the hell it is, right? But anyway, I took people through this thing. It's now a 10 or 11 or 12 module kind of thing. Um, but uh, if you're on the email list, then you got an email today. We had a uh, snafu in there. Half a dozen of you might have, uh, or a dozen of you might have gotten first one that I sent out and then I realized that our system stripped out like all the extra people that I wanted it to go to did it again, James. So anyway, I, uh, I resent it. The hell? Why is there an icon over your, uh, Oh no. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, so Sorry, something caught my attention. Squirrel caught my attention over here. <laughs> I thought we were having a glitch because we had that one night that just, anyway. So, um, but if you're on the list, then you probably get this email. I remember reminding people, I'm only going to have it up um, for the week or whatever. I'm doing a couple of things to just to round out the year, but I'm going to keep moving through. Um, and in all honesty, I'm not one of these guys that are just going to like throw together a big old freaking throw up on you, here's all my stuff for 3750 or whatever um, as an end-of-the-year thing. Because you know what? It's too much damn work, right? Um, I got other stuff that I'm doing that, like, you know, I'm running a Mikyo course. I'm running – I've got all this stuff going on. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm not valuing my shit at free. So, right? So I get it, right? A lot of people can't do – even the price that I have on it or now or whatever, just scroll all the way down. There's a freaking payment plan. So, um, but it's either a yay or it's a no. It's not a, well, I don't know if now's the right time. Well, good luck finding the right time. Okay. Because if now's not right, then not the right time, then either I'm clear about what it is that I need and or want, or 
the way I make decisions and the cause and effect, the karma that I'm creating for myself, if it stays the same moving forward as it is now, then you know what? There's never going to be enough time. There's never going to be enough money. There's never going to be enough anything because whatever I'm doing produces a condition where I don't have enough. So unless I change, but then if laziness is a problem and that's the reason why I'm not changing because I'm work averse or I'm, uh, you know, I, I want the benefits, but I don't want the, the challenge or the work or the stress or the, well, then you can want the other thing all you want, but it's like one of my teachers used to say, you have shit in one hand and a wish in the other, right? The shit's worth more because it fertilizes stuff. Wish is empty. Nothing there. Okay. So anyway, uh, it's about time to wrap this up. So questions, comments, who's on? I know I should have probably asked earlier who was on so I could say, hey, back. But what do we got, James? <clears throat> um, from earlier at the beginning, Dave, Carl, Victor, Jared, and Jimmy all said good evening. See, our rogues gallery of regulars. Yes, awesome. And Josh is on and said, I would love to be less busy. Haha, ha. this is one of the worst times of the year in my line of work. Josh Bloom? Yes. I didn't know he had an easier time of work, but I, I, I understand how this would be a very, very busy time for you. For lots of different reasons. I mean, same industry, but mm. yeah, I get it. <clears throat> and Dave Fletch says the modern world was built by buttholes. So? And then he said, good lesson tonight. Yeah. That's going to be my, my new mantra or my new answer going into 2024 I'm going to be the butthole anybody gives me an excuse or gives me a reason for anything I'm going to say so what do you want me to do not what do you want me to do about it whatever okay so Yeah, lots of stuff going on. Got lots of things that are impediments. So doesn't relieve me of my responsibility to get it done. Whatever. Okay? Um, I guess I could drop some of my wants. But I have this thing about helping people. One of my affirmations uh, is that uh, I enjoy knowing that, and this is between the the academy, my online stuff, books, all that kind of stuff, and the workplace violence corporate consulting kind of thing, right? Um, one of the affirmations is I enjoy knowing that these things are helping 10 billion people or more influencing the lives of 10 billion people or more. Going to have to be 
more than just another chill guy, as Elon Musk would have said or has said. Right. So. Um, but if you ever go through the Mikio exercise uh, that I do with a Burger King Whopper or Moss Burger, mm-hmm. pick whatever. Right. James, you've gone through that. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. Barely get past the freaking wrapper. And we've already touched almost every person on the planet. Right. If people could just see that and then decide that instead of being human doings, they decide they're going to be human beings. And instead of having being instead of being all the things that they think or other people think or describe themselves as or whatever, cog in a wheel, uh, whatever. Right. Those people over there. So. It's. The easiest thing is to decide that other things or other people or whatever your failings are now, whatever, are the reasons you can't. But one of the first lessons I got from Atsumi Sensei was a ninja is a no limits person, right? Whatever your limits are, whatever you think your limits are, you are wrong, right? So... To, but the only way to find out what your actual limitations are are to constantly push against your limitations, to go beyond them. You will find out what your true limitations are. And that also means that you will find out if what you believe to be your limitation is the actual thing or it's you hit a stop gap in your own men, your own thinking and you have decided that this is enough. <clears throat> but you'll have to admit that truth. For all those people that want to go through the Mikio program and stuff. Um, yeah. No, you don't get to know truth about all that shit out there, but you ignore all this stuff right here. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. It's what ego wants, but it doesn't work that way. Okay? But uh, my premise for this week is stop waiting to be motivated. Okay. That's the bullshit part. Okay. You will have spurts of motivation, to be sure. But if you're waiting for it, I, I oh, you know what? Now I just remembered. I I uh, got sidetracked earlier on. I was mentioning Dr. Seuss, right? Um, there's this book. Every single one of my children and every single one of my grandchildren have received a copy of this book with a note at the front from dad or from grandpa, uh, unique to them. It's not always, it's not the same. It's always, always unique to them. Okay. But the book is called, Oh, the places you'll go. And there is an ominous part of the story, right? It's about just, it's this little rhyme, little jingle kind of thing. telling this kid, you know, all the places you'll go, right. Uh, you know, just keep going and whatnot. Uh, but there will be, there'll be rough times, right? There's krakens in there and there's all kinds of stuff, right? But after all this storm and the monsters and the demons and whatnot, he points out that there's a worse place than that. And it's the waiting place. It's filled with people who are just waiting. They're waiting in line. They're waiting for something to happen. They're waiting, right? If you get stuck there, like that's the worst. You can fight off the Krakens, you can do, you know, whatever, right? But if you put yourself in that, 
No one's in that place other than by choice. We all know what it feels like to, which is why everybody does things online now, right? Wait in the long line to buy tickets for the show. Wait in line for the fucking DMV people to do your shit, right? Whatever, right? That's just the greatest feeling in the world. Well, see, now people just, you know, whip up their phone and now time passes because they're standing in line waiting to accomplish the goal, renew their license or whatever, while frying their brain on pointless shit that does nothing to move them in the direction that they're supposed to be going. Now you got other students that I have, like um, Aaron, um, she's probably in the background, so I'm talking about her, right, um, who is in the uh, First Seven Steps program, and we've got some long-ass classes in those, because if, it, if they weren't like that, that program would not be 16, 17 classes. It would be fucking, anyway, so I wait for people to get into Mikio that long-term kind of stuff. But um, she has this um, uh, other job, and it requires long drive times and whatnot, right? Puts it on and plays that stuff. She could be listening to music. She could be whatever. But here's here's what I'm going to, you know, waiting for the car to get me to that point, but, right? I'm not saying that, you know, everybody on here does it because I don't know your context. But if we're going to binge watch YouTube videos, then maybe we should have a goal as to what skills am I working on? Which skills do I have the most problem with? Right. What part of my footwork am I trying to fix? And then do specific searches on those things. Because. If I can't actually do the physical stuff just yet, or maybe I can. Right, if there's a little side shift on the foot or whatever, I'm standing in line and I shift my weight. I shift my weight. Nobody has a freaking clue what you're doing. They just see you shifting from foot to foot. And here you are experimenting with the weight distribution across the bottom of your foot, but they don't know where your head is. Okay? But you could more conscious but I'm not here to tell you what to do. Okay? I don't even come up with these topics because I think they're really, really important. They're part of the Kuden Shinden transmission part in the art. And I believe that this stuff is undercovered, long, or way undercovered, um, but sorely needed. And um, here we are. So we got that. uh, What else do we have? Oh, I almost forgot. Shit. Daikomio side, right? January 5th, 6th and 7th, right? We have a virtual option, too. So we've got um, almost 20 signed up now. So um, cool. I, I know how that's not big compared to, like, a Jack Hoban seminar or whatever. But coming out of COVID and recovering from all this stuff and whatever, it's it, we're, we're doing okay. So, But I like it when it's, when it's more personal like that, too, because everybody gets more interaction with the instructors that are there. Um, there's, you know, you don't get lost in a crowd, right? I've never understood that, right? Showing up to learn something and then wanting to get lost in the crowd so nobody nobody calls on you or whatever. Holy shit. Right? But and most people think I'm an extrovert, but I'm not. Because <laughs> when we're all done with this, my wife's going to go, you never talk. I do this for a living. At the end of my day, 
Trust me, I am tired of the sound of my own voice. She can talk. She can say anything she wants. Yeah, I agree. Oh, well, that's good. That's awesome, honey. What happened with your day? Oh, busy. <laughs> Ended video. Did the podcast. Anything new? Anything? She'll, she'll do that. So what's new? What's different? Working on this project now. But the grand scheme of things, I run the same processes with everything that I'm doing. James knows. James helps me out with this thing, right? I don't know why he puts in so much time. I think he wants a job or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, anything else, James? Uh, questions, comments, complaints? No, nothing else. All right. Well, in that case, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I'll talk to everybody again. Uh, if you're not in one of the programs, we're going to see you tomorrow. Right. Um, in that case, uh, I'll talk to you next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.